Welcome to Eagle Nation. Your hosts are Waza, Dan and Wayne. Yes, footy is back and this week's show was recorded earlier today by myself, Wayne and Dan on Zoom. So it was an interesting little uh, exercise. So hopefully the audio is okay for you guys. Uh, join us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, leave us some questions if you need something answered. And if you're listening on any podcast app, please leave a review for us. Um, in the next coming weeks, we get a couple of uh, ex-premiership champions coming on. So stick around for their stories because we've had David Hart and Chris Waterman on so far. So sit back and enjoy the show. Thank you. The recording. Ah, welcome to Eagle Nation. We're doing it via Zoom this week. So footy's back, boys. How are you going? Very good. Not bad. Not well. myself. Pretty excited for this weekend, obviously. <laughs> it's been a long time. I think it's what eight weeks, hasn't it, since the last the last game? A lot's happened since then. Uh, well, let's get straight into it. Dean Cox, Hall of Fame inductee. That was pretty good, eh? Oh, he deserved it. My favourite player. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, well, if could, well deserved. If you could pick one player to bring back, you know, at the beginning of his career and have him for the rest of his career, you would almost pick Cox because we've had so many good midfielders, but there are so many good midfielders, you know what I mean? Yeah. Where a, a star Ruckman like Cox who actually changed the way the game is played, and even with these Ruckman like Gorn and Grundy, still haven't broken his records yet. That's how good no. Cox was. And watching his highlight reel was just amazing. I think the great thing about him, Dan, he was actually a midfielder as well. I mean, he got yeah. he got the same, nearly the same possessions of Cousins and all those, Curry and Juddy. And, um, you know, he's going down to me. He's in the top three ruckman of all time with um, Polly Farmer and Simon Madden. They're the top three ruckman I've seen. And he's certainly the best ruckman in the modern era. There's no question. Yeah, just, just amazing player. Like uh, even towards the end, there he was almost a swingman for us. Yeah. He'd plug holes in the back and he would go forward. And not many people know. I think he's what six-time All Australian. One of those All Australians, his last one, he was a forward pocket because when he stuck forward, he kicked twenty-seven goals or something that year. He was just that good. He could just play anywhere because he was that versatile. I always said he should have won a brown <laughs> He's very unlucky. Oh, I love that, mate. Um, I've been listening to a yeah, few podcasts very. and um, the Victorians been talking about the Hall of Fame and what what you need to do to get into it and some are saying to be a legend, you've got to change the game. So my thing to Mike Sheen, he was saying some players shouldn't be in and some shouldn't. And on his philosophy, um, Jack, uh, John Kennedy got in because he changed the game. Well, that means down the line, Dean Cox will have to become a legend of the Hall of Fame because he changed the way we play the game with his right way. Would you agree on that? Oh, 100%. No, back no in question. The day, no question. Yeah, you just, you just had to be a tap ruckman back in the day and then they would push you forward because they couldn't cover the ground. So you were just a tall player. You didn't hit out to advance. You just tried to get the tap. Um, and then they pushed you forward to hoping you could pinch a mark. That was it back in the day, you know? So the way he played, as Wayne said, he, he was just like another midfielder. Yeah. Yes. Grundy, Grundy, Grundy's the only one of the current Ruckman in the last probably 10, 15 years that even come close to him as same type of player. So, And I know he's moulded his game around Coxie, so that's a great feat to have. All right. Um, 
Dennis Committee was added in there, so we all know what a champion he has been a, as a commentator, but he's also been a coach, he's also been a player. Um, you know, a lot of people don't know that he played for the Bulldogs after he played at West Perth and that, so he only played reserves, but he still played over there, so a lot of people don't know that. But it's good to see that he got inducted, and I thought he would have been in a long time ago, but I suppose they've got their um, waiting times they've got to wait for. You there? Can you guys hear me? Certainly well deserved. Great, you know, great yeah, yeah. We'll love him. So. Yep. It's still to this day, one of the best commentators of my lifetime I've heard. You know, you miss him almost, you know. Just that internet connection unstable on my end, so that's probably why there's a bit of a pause there. Um, look, on Monday we had the fight M&D cause, so it was good to see some of the players do their little bit for the cause, even though they did it at the clubs and all that, and Shep was uh, Shazam getting chucked into the ice bath, so... I don't know if you guys have ever done one of these things, but I have, and they're bloody cold, I tell you. Yeah, it's freezing. Yeah, a good mate of mine's dad died of MND, so uh, I did a challenge a few years ago for him to help raise money. And, uh, yeah, very, 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 very cold. Yeah, <laughs> I did great it. cause. I did it for my father-in-law, who's still battling it, so he's, he's holding in there. So the, long, the quicker they can find a cure, the better for us. Um, yeah. Before we get into some footy, I just want to give a call out to some guys in um, in Scotland. Uh, they're called the West Lothlane Eagles, and they're a bunch of guys and girls that get up and train. Some of them are some Aussie lads uh, that have been over there for a few years, and they're situated, if you're listening in uh, Scotland, in Linnithglow, which is... Uh, Central Scotland, 30 minutes each way from Glasgow and Edinburgh. So if you're over there in Scotland and you want to play footy, check those guys out. The West Lothlane Eagles, they're on Facebook, they're on Twitter, and they're on Instagram. So check them out and get into them. So it's good to see that we've got some followers over in different countries, boys. Yeah, well, well if, you're if you're listening, get a from the other side of the world, mate. Like. <laughs> We were going to try a hookup, but time difference is a bit different now. Eight hours behind us, so I think from memory. But anyway, there's a bit of a uh, call out to those boys. When if you guys out there listening that want to promote your clubs or anything, just give us a buzz, and we'll try and promote you as much as possible. Let's get into the footy. The hub has been the conjecture uh, since. Round one, we're at the Royal Pines for four weeks. And it looks like there's an extra week being put in. Have you heard about that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, what, what I've heard, but it's through the media, so you don't know how reliable it is, but an extra week because then they're going to hub then in WA. Yep. Um, but let's be honest, a lot's been made of it and, you know, calling them sooks, us sooks, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, of course, the Victorians that messed it up. A long time ago, the original plan was South Australia, WA, and even the chance of uh, one in Tasmania. And the Victorians just went to town and they hated the idea. It was, uh, I think I mentioned it was, because um, it kind of got a bit leaked because it was the leadership groups from like every team. Mm on a kind of like a Zoom call meeting like we've had. And apparently it was just led by Dangerfield and mainly Richmond Tigers headed by Cochin just were like refusing to leave Victoria basically. So they will not hub, they will not do this. Um, and that's what threw a spanner in the works. So yeah. it's just funny when it, with the shoes on the other foot, you know, South Australia, who's got barely any cases in WA that was in a better position too, 
they up and left. It went to a state with more cases for it just to get the footy going. So Probably to be fair, a little bit, some, well, not to be fair, is that our borders and Queensland, well, Queensland's a little open, but our borders are still closed. So to come here, they've got to do 14 days isolation. So you can understand, until we open up our borders, we're not going to be able to get a hub here. And I, I think well, our borders have to be open they, by maybe middle of July. Well, they, yes. they have Sorry, said you that... You got they have said that they will. Uh, the government will have the hub here, and they will let us play. So, the thing, the way it stands at the moment, the Eagles are playing extra week in um, Queensland, and it'll be against Adelaide. And Freo will play a team from Victoria that'll come up. Then they'll fly back to WA. West Coast and Fremantle can play each other in quarantine. That's been given the tick. And the Victorian teams, if they want to come over the same week, they can play each other in quarantine as well. Yeah. yeah. So the borders, the borders was really just making an excuse because when it originally started, the, the 14 days, I was just, it didn't really matter because the season wasn't starting. Everyone was training. And the government gave permission for them to train um, on that time. And as was just said, even the 14-day quarantine, they're allowing you to train, but if you're quarantining, say, we'll just use as an example, it's not these two teams, but Richmond and Collingwood, because they're quarantined, they can still play that game that week. So there's not going to have to be a buy. They were just using that as kind of an excuse why it's not happening, where, no, it's not happening because you didn't want to leave the Victorian bubble. You didn't want no footy at all in Victoria because it's not just the fans. Um, Jeff Kennett came out and said it. All the board members and stuff are still going. So all the rich heavy hitters at these clubs are still going and watching these games in their, you know, private rooms and stuff at the stadiums. So they didn't want to lose that, you know what I mean? So I think that's what the big problem was. Anyway, say that, Jeff Kennett has actually come out, I've seen it on media, yeah. that under no circumstances will any Hawthorne, any Hawthorne hierarchy or um, other than members be going to a game. They will yeah. not be. He believes it's not fair on the on the paying members that everyone else can go to the game except them. So he's openly said there's none of our board or no one be going to the games. And good on him. That's what's brought. That's actually what's brought it to light. The fact that no one was supposed to be going to these games, but up in the stands in the private areas. They're inviting all the board members and all the rich bigwigs, you know what I mean? And that's the only reason we realised that was happening is because of Jeff Kennett's comment well, yeah. saying, no, we won't do it. Because on Friday, they were invited again. Well, we're, we're, let's talk about crowds. The impact on not having a crowd is going to be enormous, regardless, it, depending on which way you look at it, because, you know, the crowds help some teams and don't help others. Um, South Australia are allowed to have 2,000 spectators to the showdown. 1,400 uh, Port Adelaide and the rest of Adelaide. I think it should be a 50-50 split, but um, we'll see what happens. Uh, I hope my internet's not cutting out still. Um, no. oh, on my end, it keeps on saying it, but hopefully it hasn't. Um, there was a rumour that there was a 1,000 for the Brisbane and Fremantle game and 700 for the Eagles and Suns. I don't think that's been given a tick this week, but the following week they said they might be allowed to have crowds in. <coughs> My thing was... There's definitely that, no, crowd, no crowds allowed in Queensland, definitely. That is confirmed. <coughs> Pardon? 
that's, that's definitely been confirmed. There's no crowds in Queensland this week. Yeah, that's this week. But the next week, they said they, they will be looking at it more in depth to see if they can. It's going to be... Uh, personally, I'm not... Yeah, personally, I'm not that worried about it. I just think, you know, good on them. Slowly trickle the crowds in. It's the way the cookie crumbles, you know. Um, I just find it a bit hypocritical that you can't have 2,000 people at the footy, but you can have thirteen to 20,000 at a protest. Well, mm. no, they weren't They weren't supposed to. I know, um, but they're, they're allowing they it. Had you know to correct that. They, the government even issued saying, we don't want you gone. You should yeah, not be gone. People are still doing but how could they go and the whole thing was, you know, it would look bad, so badly political if they tried to force that down by force. So their hands were tight. They were saying, we don't want you to do it. We don't want you to go. But the whole thing is about basically police brutality and mainly against different races. So if they tried to physically shut that process down, God, there would be such a backlash. So I agree they shouldn't have. But that's where the onus is on the people. People that are going the process, you shouldn't have done it. Not this time of like, yeah. because in America where it's big, it, Corona spiked again. It's yeah. like, um, I think it was up 40% after a week of it. And we were so close to finishing. And then they're doing this stuff. You're like, oh, you got to just use your head. A bit more common sense. Um, let's just hope that... Support um, your corpus different way. Let's just hope by the grand final or the finals, we can get more people into the footy because it would be good yeah. to go and see it because it's going to be hard watching footy on TV with fake crowd noise. How do you think that's going to go, briefly? <laughs> Mate, I, the, I rugby, my, the rugby went off all right. Yeah, yeah, see, I, I, watched, sounds I watched two games and I liked the first game, but by the second, halfway through the second game, it, to me, it was just like noise. It was just, just you know, it just, to me, it didn't make sense. I Especially guarantee. Paper cutouts crowd. I, I guarantee, though, by the grand final, which is in October now, isn't it? Um, yeah. They will have crowds, no matter what's going on, because we're already starting to trickle them up, trickle them in now. They're not going to risk be a final because that's the that's the big thing they say it's crowd numbers that's why it's at the MCG every year. If you can get crowds now in South Australia, Queensland, or WA by the time the grand finals there, as if Victoria is not going to allow crowds there. Again, it's another re- another political reason for doing it, but they will. They will even if it's against better judgment, they will open the MCG up for grand final day. I guarantee it. Yeah, right, well, I so, but I think it'll be controlled though. It won't be, you won't have a hundred thousand people in there. I can guarantee you that. Nah. So I think they're basing everything too off the New South Wales Rugby League because they're actually starting to get their crowds in bigger, and I think they're going to judge things from how that goes because I believe that guy that runs the New South Wales Rugby League, Devangeli or Devangeli, what his name is, he's apparently has got so much clout and he's very professional. And they reckon he is now the number one leader in the Australian sport. Yeah, he's supposed to be a very smart man. Yeah. Well, let's get into the footy because that's what we're here for. We're here, you know. We usually have our. We're doing this by Zoom. Everyone out there listening, so hopefully it sounds okay. Uh, we're going to keep it short because we've got to upload it. Thanks, ages. Uh, Eagles play Gold Coast at Metricon. Um, what is it? Saturday afternoon, isn't it? I haven't got the time. Yeah, 5.40 our time. 
Now, we, Eagles played way back in round one. We played Melbourne with a 27-point win, and Gold Coast played Port and come out 47-point loss. Oh, actually atrocious. Um, people are sitting there saying that West Coast have got this game sewn up. I'm not so sure that it's going to be a one-sided affair because Gold Coast, you don't do too bad at the start of the year, except for that poor Adelaide one. They won the first three last year, I think. Um, they're going to be young and fresh. And we've always said this, going back to when we first started, footy is so unpredictable. You never know. But I'm really excited. I'm really excited because glass half full from this corona issue. We're going to see a lot of brand. We're going to see a lot of petrol. These kids that probably wouldn't get as much game time because they'll be interchanging with the waffle players, the waffle players that are in form. Yep. I think now that's going to give them a chance to play. So I'll, I think, you know, what a great chance to go over to Queensland, play Gold Coast first up, get some games into these young kids as well. Um, yeah, I'm excited, very excited. I think we've lost uh, Wayne somehow, Dan, so it's just me and you until he comes back on. Um, okay. Who do you think what's your about? thoughts on it? Well, look, yeah, I just think it's going to be exciting. And, like, Gold Coast are going to be fielding, from what I heard today, a pretty young team. Uh, they've got Brandon Ellis, who's just pulled out now. So he was in line to play, uh, the ex-Richmond uh, Premiership player. But um, I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking at the team. They've got two youngsters in, Matty Rowell and Noah Anderson's pick one and two. They played their first games. And, you know, Matty Rowell did all right, nine in possessions, Noah Anderson 12. They've got Ben King. He's young up forward. You know, he's kicked two goals. Um, they've got, you know, seasoned players like Swallow, Weller, uh, young Sexton's back in this week. Uh, Lacocious, he's another young player. So I'm just trying to find out where the Gold Coast are actually going to find how to win against West Coast because West Coast teams... A lot well, let's guess it, you know, depends on who they put in. It's gonna be a lot more experience. I just I just think how how are they gonna survive Gold Coast? That's the question, right? Like overall, it's just I don't see any good mature players. Gold Coast have always had potential. Always had potential. These good young players, but they never live up to and they they lose them, you know what I mean? And you just see it time and time again. And Swallow, great leader, but very injury-prone. Weller was, what, fourth in line midfielder at uh, Fremantle at the time. So it's just that that's where the problems lie. They're mid, mid-aged to uh, mature players. They just they don't have a calibre. But as I said, because they've got so much talent when they're young, they can surprise you. As we said at the beginning, they won – three games in a row at the beginning of the year last year, near the beginning of the year. So who knows if they all stand up together, they can win. They can play good football, but well, yeah, they just, you can't just keep pumping draft picks into them and think you're going to have a champion team. That's it. And um, someone's got to give, uh, I think Wayne's trying to get back in here. Um, I'll just have a look. I'm getting him back in. <coughs> Excuse me for coughing there. I think he's coming back. Yeah, great player. He is a star of the future. Like some of the young talent are Rao, uh, their first pick. Such a great player. Had such a great under-18s carnival. Scouted so highly. He's supposed to be one of the best first-round picks for a few years. And that's what a lot of the teams are scouting. Um, but, yeah, a lot of people are saying he's going to be as good as Luke Hodge was as a round one pick. 
number one pick. Sorry, Wayne Wayne just come back online. Uh, we're just talking about, about that. the Gold Coast. Yeah, it's not about Gold Coast and who, where they're going to win the game. Um, and you know what players have got. But I was just going to get onto the Eagles. Um, that's what we're all about, Eagle Nation. Who's going to come in this week? Because uh, there's a few injuries there. Uh, Jared Cameron definitely won't be playing. He's not available. Uh, Hutchie's not available. Venable's not available. And I think Darling was still a test. But I'd say he'd be playing. Yeah, I'd say it'd be very solid round. Yeah. Sorry, you go, Wayne. Sorry, from the first round, I, I mean, I, I think I, what I predict, Oscar Allen will come in, and I, uh, um, for sure, I think, um, come here with the other ones I put in there. I, I, I thought, I thought Jake Water might come in as well for uh, Petrelli, and possibly, uh, I know Archie got two goals, but I'm still not convinced there. So, yeah, well, look, and I thought, I thought they might play Bailey Williams ahead of Hickey. Well, see, uh, to me, Hickey will go out and Oscar Allen will come in. And I think that'll be the only change. Yeah. I think Simo's wrote, I saw in the pipe or article where he's rolling to be the backup ruckman. I like that for t- to just the team. Um, go forward. He's a better forward than Hickey is a forward. Hickey would obviously be the better tap ruckman. But Oscar's just so good, and he can cover the grounds. Um, I'd love to see Alan back in. Um, but other than that, I don't think there'll be much changes. Like, we won round one. Uh, it was a pretty even effort. Um, yeah, I'd be surprised if there's just the one change. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. I don't, the problem with Eagles is they've got quite a lot of uh, young players, like you said, Wayne Waterman, Brand, Oscar Allen. Yeah. When you want to play with them, you run the risk of being too tall. And if you're playing uh, reduced minutes, 16-minute quarters like they have, sometimes that could hurt you in the long run. And I think you need the more... They, That's why I can... Are they still 16-minute quarters? Yeah, they're 16-minute yeah. quarters for the rest of the year. Um, and yeah. there's an extended break between the quarters. They've got to have the social distancing on the bench still, but they still can tackle. Uh, they get extra 15 seconds after a goal so they can run water out. And, um, yeah, so... And the funny thing is, when they're singing the song, after they've tackled each other for an hour, not allowed to be within 1.5 metres of each other. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. I think... Yeah, going like this, and I'm going to put the blowtorch or what we would, what, what did we have, the, what did we call it? Under the pump. I haven't got the theme uh, song for it because we're doing it by Zoom. But Petricelli needs to stand up. The, the, the short quarters are made for a player like him. Definitely. What's your thoughts, Dan? Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, de- definitely. Um, you, you know, I, I love Petrol. Uh with Rioli and Cameron injured, you know, is a perfect time for it. Um, I do often wonder, like, do you just persist to get the games under his belt? I know you can't let him have two, three bad games in a row. I think that's bad for their form. But you got to remember kind of what we did with Venables. We just, all right, we're going to keep him in the side, going to let him play his role. Um, and he had down games and stayed in the side. Uh, and I wonder if they're going to do the same because you did touch on... Well, being too tall. Um, they've been doing and that. If we, 
Yeah, because if we're too, if I don't think there's another. All I can imagine is you bringing in another midfielder and putting him forward. There isn't because even Archie, we played a bit forward. There isn't that small kind of forward to take his place with Cameron injured and Rioli, obviously in M- MIA pretty much right now. Um, unless you do bring in a Waterman, which is a bit like. You know, I rave about that kid. Such a good kick on goal. But again, if you bring in in Oscar Allen, you're going to be playing Oscar Allen a whole lot more forward than you would be in the ruck. And then you end up with four to five tools down there, which might work. I think that'll hurt you if you did that with the 16-minute quarters. Um, But like you said, I think just before Wayne was on, um, I think young some young guys that normally wouldn't get a game well, you know, if we were in a normal season this year, might get a few games like Brayshaw and that. I think they might start slipping these guys in. Well, that, that that's what excites me about this year. I think Brand is going to get a lot. I actually liked his role in the win. I think he had 15 disposals or something the first time. But you watched him. He's, he was the Maston role. He was don't get sucked into the pack, stay out, guard space. And you could see him doing his role. So I thought that was good. So I'm like, if he gets let's say half a season worth of games, I thought that's going to, you know, leapfrog his career forward. Um, so, yeah, I'm really interested to see how this year pans out. All right. Well, Zoom's probably going to cut us off in the next couple of minutes. So I'm just going to forecast. We've got uh, Gold Coast this week. We've got Brisbane the week after, then Port Adelaide, and then our home game at Metricon against the Tigers. Where will we be sitting on the ladder, boys, by round five? <laughs> We'll be will we be five and zip or four and one, three and two? Oh, I think I reckon four. Which game's gonna drop? I reckon be second. Um see the thing is it's not against Tigers, it's not a genuine home game. But take that away. Tigers still do not travel well. I think they beat Suns and they beat Brisbane in a final away. I'm pretty sure that's close to their only wins away in like the last two to three years. They do not travel well. So even though it's not a genuine home game for us, the fact Richmond have to go play us up north in Queensland, yeah. that's still going to be an advantage to us because we're used to travelling. Um, so I think the one we might drop could be Brisbane if they carry on their form they had last year. But you see that often sometimes a team leapfrogs into the top four, but then they drop down. They don't have a consistent year again because I think they just expect the improvement where sometimes it doesn't come like that. So I think I think we'll have one loss. This is well, this is me hoping more than anything. One loss and I'd be Brisbane or Richmond, but I'd probably say more Brisbane being their genuine home ground. Yeah, well, I think the loss for me would be either Brisbane or Port Adelaide. But they're like you said, they're just crystal ball predictions. Um, we're going to have to probably cut it short now, boys. So because uh, Zoom's going to cut me off, it's giving me a few little uh, blinkers here. Um, so <laughs> next week we'll try and get together in the studio. So uh, we'll have a longer show and we can have in more in depth uh, talk about what's happened in the footy and maybe to win to the uh, Eagles over the Gold Coast and. In the next few weeks, we're going to have a few um, Premiership Eagles, ex-Premiership Eagles players uh, joining us in the studio. So hopefully they people have gone and listened to the David Hart one and the Chris Waterman one. But we've got some uh, interesting uh, cats uh, coming on board as they start. All right. Well, no
We'll come back next week in the studio, guys, and uh, download us on any of the podcast platforms. Uh, get on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and we'll see you around. Thank you.